welcome to this Sunday morning meeting podcast from Kingdom Faith Yorkshire. Today's message is by Paul Abel. Hallelujah. The Lord's about breaking out over us. Yes, he is, Noah. Hallelujah. Now, this is from 2 Samuel chapter 5. Don't turn to it, just listen for a minute. Then you can turn to it. When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, they went up in full force to search for him. But David heard about it and went down to the stronghold. Now the Philistines come and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. So David inquired of the Lord, Shall I go and attack the Philistines? Will you hand them over to me? The Lord answered him, Go, for I will surely hand the Philistines over to you. So David went to Baal Perazim, and there he defeated them. He said, As waters break out, the Lord has broken out against my enemies before me. So that place was called Baal Perazim. The Philistines abandoned their idols there, and David and his men carried them off. Once more, the Philistines came up to spread out in the valley of Rephaim. So David inquired of the Lord, and he answered, Do not go straight up but circle around behind them and attack them in front of the balsam trees. As soon as you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the balsam trees, move quickly, because that will mean the Lord has gone out in front of you to strike the Philistine army. So David did as the Lord commanded him, and he struck down the Philistines all the way from Gibeon to Gezer. Hallelujah. That's the story of David, but all these stories of the Old Testament are for us now. And we learn from them and we take from them. And we are in a time where, if you like, the enemy is in the Valley of Rephaim. The Valley of Rephaim means the Valley of Giants. The Rephaim was the land that God had given to David. The Philistines had no right to be there, and the reason they were there was to take out David before he could be more established as king over the whole area. They were obviously very depressed that the two, Judea and Israel, were together, and they wanted to make sure that this didn't come to anything bad for them. So they were there to kill, they were there to destroy, they were there to steal. And David had to know what to do next. So he inquired of the Lord. And the Lord gives strategies to leadership. The Lord gives strategies to each one of us. And we do things together. And the enemy is then routed. And we must be careful that we do this. If, if, If we hear things from God together, then we do them. Whether it's an immediate thing or whether it's a slower thing. Sometimes we might feel, I don't really want to do that. I don't feel like that right now. Then you will not have the victory that is yours. Okay, very often, I don't expect David was thinking, oh goody, let's go and have a fight on all that blood and guts and people dying. This is going to be brilliant. Maybe there was a bit of a warrior in him, so maybe he did. But there was certainly, it wasn't something nice to go and do. He would have rather stayed at home and enjoyed the pleasures of being rich and kingly, I'm sure. But he had to go. You see, we are rich and we are kingly. We are blessed in every possible way with every spiritual blessing. But we also have to pick up the sword and fight. Fight for ourselves, fight for our families, fight for our community and fight for our nation in the spirit. 
We are in a spiritual time of fighting. The Lord told us about it for the last six months or so of last year when he kept saying, and pray until, and pray until, and pray until. When we did the week of, uh, the, the week of prayer, a, a week of prayer and fasting, God was emphasizing this is to be a time of prayer. This is to be a time of fasting. And we heard in that, in that uh, week that uh, we... As individuals, we should be taking time aside in our schedules to pray and to fast. If we don't do that, you don't see the things that God has promised. Not because God can't do it, but because God works according to the faith of his people. And we have to respond. We have to respond in obedience. Let's be known as an obedient people of God. Some people say, I don't hear God. Well, what did you do last time you heard him? Oh, I, well, I wasn't, it wasn't very convenient at that moment. Then God is still waiting for the obedience. For you to get truly instructions over what to do next. Actually, God what, doesn't stop talking to you. He never stops talking to you. You're one of his sheep and you will always hear his voice. But the problem is if he's told you about doing something and you've not done it, it gets a bit repetitive. <laughs> and he doesn't want to be a nag. <laughs> This story of David, he's been anointed the king over Israel. He's been given the authority to uh, see God's kingdom in a physical way here on earth. You see, the Old Testament points to the new. It's everything of the, that is given to us in Jesus. We see it being lived out in the physical so that we can understand what we are to live in now. The Philistines, David had to go and fight, were human beings. The enemy that, we, that comes against us is the spiritual enemies that may well sometimes be con, you know, using people against us, but it's the, the true enemy is behind them, which is why Jesus tells us to love our enemies, because they are people. But behind them are definitely very real spiritual forces of darkness. One game they love to play is we don't exist. Since if the church believes they don't exist and there is nothing like that, they've got it made. They can do whatever they like, sneakily, so that nobody actually notices. But we know. And we know that we have been given authority in this town. In the jobs, in the things that we do, we have authority to see his kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? Now the reason I've jumped straight into the word is because Tita's got an announcement, we've got to pray for Rome, we've got some notices here. But in even in those things, we do it with an authority and faith. Faith, Tita's... Well, she can do her own little thing in a minute. I don't want to spoil her her thing. But when she announces what she's going to be doing, it's with faith to establish and see victory so that God will bless and prosper what she's doing, which is going to benefit others. Okay, when we pray for Ron to send him off into on, on mission with where the Spirit, we send him in faith. We don't send him in, I hope he has a great time. We're sending him saying, go and make the name of Jesus known. This is a bold, courageous people. Even when we're afraid, we will be bold and courageous, because that's what overcomes that. The bold and courageous people always have fear and anxiety, because that's what they overcome with the boldness and the courage. You don't need it if you haven't got the problem in the first place. When Jesus says, heal the sick, that means there will be issues with people being sick. So you have to go and heal the sick. All right, There's people not yet saved. How will they know if we don't tell them? But we have authority. 
but the enemy heard that. So it says that the Philistines, for us, the demonic, went up in full force to search for him. Him being David. Him being us. And David heard about it and went down to the stronghold. So if we hear the enemies come against us, we make sure we're in the stronghold. What's the stronghold? The word of God. We don't believe what others say. We don't believe what Facebook says. We don't believe what YouTube says. We don't even believe what our best friends say. First, we go to this and we inquire of the Lord. And when I say this, I don't really mean a printed book. I mean the word that is living and active. Jesus Christ. The word that brings change. This book is alive. As I speak from this word to you this morning, courage, faith, boldness, victory is being established in this room and we will have nothing less. Because what else have we got other than that to share and show the world that God is a God that makes a difference in the here and now. He's not just somebody that makes you feel good or gives you a lovely blessing or a tickly feel down the spine or when somebody prayed for you, you felt all sort of lovely and nice. Well, God bless you. Now take that out. Amen, Jane. So, so when... No, come back to that. Now the Philistines had come and spread out in the Valley of Giants, the Valley of Raphaim. It's called the Valley of Giants. And the problems that can face you personally and that face us together will be giant. They will be beyond what we can cope with. If we could cope with them, we would succeed and we would feel great about ourselves. And we would slowly walk away from God in our own success. That was the whole problem with the Tower of Babel. As as they succeeded together, they were going to lose completely the knowledge of God in the land because they wouldn't need him. Today with a... Uh, an incredible amount of knowledge on the planet. There are many people that think you no longer need God. They're walking away from him. The Tower of Babel tells us what happens if you become a people who are full of their own self-knowledge. But it's time for that to change. And that will only change through the people God has assigned to see things change. And those people are his church. And in Scarborough, there are many of his people. But we are the people that he's gathered here under this roof together, knowing that we must establish victory to see love, peace, joy, happiness, prosperity, blessing released in our town to our people that are around us. We will not accept anything less. Will we? Are we determined? Excellent. Okay, and the enemy is spread out. The word spread out there also means they were raiding. So that's why I said they'd come to, uh, to kill and destroy, just like the enemy does now. They weren't just there waiting for David to turn up. When it meant they spread out through the valley, they had raiding parties taking. People were being killed, crops were being burned, and worse, as you know. The enemy has not changed today. That's what he would love to do to God's people. So what must we do? We must listen to God. For that's exactly what David does in verse 19. So David inquired of the Lord. When the enemy comes in, we inquire of the Lord. 
It says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the, ba- the banner of the Lord will be raised. The banner of the Lord is the flood that repels the, the attack of the enemy. That's why God kept saying, pray until, pray until, pray until. That was what we got from our inquiring of the Lord. We shouldn't be surprised if there's things like at the moment, there's you know, people sick within, even, even within the body. You know, what's going on? We, 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 we are the healthiest people in Scarborough. We are full of the blessing and the health of God, aren't we? Aren't we? Yes, we are. Don't, don't, oh, I'm not sure about that. You say yes, because you want to see that victory. You might look around and see everybody coughing. You might feel really ill, like I do at the moment. But you say, that's true. You you say, I am standing in victory, because that's not what I deserve. That's not what I deserve. That's totally wrong. That's not what I have in God. Not to do with what I deserve. What I deserve is judgment and to be cast away. What I have is acceptance and love in God because of Jesus Christ. So we inquire of God. We go to the word and then we start to speak the word. Because we might be hearing with our ears people coughing, but we need to hear with our spiritual ears the word of God saying, I am your health. I am your healer. And that's what we take hold of. You know, and the enemy can steal things from us through ill health. I can't do that. I can't do this. That's not God's plan. Do we just give in and think that giant is too big or do we fight on? We fight on. We fight on. We fight on because we know we have victory. That's the key. We have the victory. But we have to establish it. We have to believe it. If a leader cries out, as I did just now, shout victory, we shout victory. Don't think, oh, I'm not feeling too good this morning. No, shout victory. If Brian gets up, if Adrian gets up, if Den gets up and brings a prophetic word, let's do this, let's do it. You know, let's do it. Let's not analyse it. Let's not think about it. Let's respond to the word of God and just do it. I don't really feel like it. That's the whole point. We often don't feel like it. We overcome our feelings. We discipline our bodies. Pummel ourselves into submission, as St. Paul puts it. Yeah, Because your body won't be obedient to God unless you do that. My body likes to lie in bed and snooze. I would be very, very good at that. I could be a professional. <laughs> Being paid to do it, now that's a thought. But I have to say no. Get up, Abel. (laughs) Go and do what God has given you to do. I could have so easily said to Kate this morning, I'm too ill. Ask Brian to come up with an emergency word. (laughs) But I didn't. There are times when you don't get here, and I'm not getting at anybody or anything like that, but I'm talking about there are times to say to our bodies, do as you're told. The doctor's given you a diagnosis of something like cancer. You say, body, do as you're told, get well. Yes. Yeah, you don't receive that diagnosis and, and give it authority. You don't naively say, no, that's not true. The doctor's given you a diagnosis according to the situation. But you say, according to another situation that I know about, that has authority over this one, I'm saying, I'm not having it. Hallelujah. Amen. Or whatever it is. We're not having these things. 
We will pray until, and we will pray until, and we will pray until. Not pray until one o'clock in the morning. Pray on and on and on and on. Because that's what God's told us to do against the Philistines that have got together in the valley. And there's a very, another very interesting thing that's happening here. So they go and attack the Philistines because God says, Yes, go, for I will surely hand them over to you. If God had said, No, don't do that right now, and they'd gone out and fought them, they would have lost and been badly beaten, just like Joshua, uh, Joshua's crew was when they tried to take the city of Ai after the city of Jericho. It was smaller, it was easier, so they just sent a small group and they were roundly beaten. They got overconfident. They became presumptuous. God said it. We can do it how we want. We have to do it how God says. We have to do things the way God has told us to. So if he says, shout for victory, you shout for victory. If he says, get on your face and meet with me, you get on your face and meet with him. If he says, read through the entire Bible in two weeks, get on and do it quick. Whatever he says, do. Now, for some things, there are times of there, it is right to test that you have the word of God together. You know, particularly if you as a, an individual have got something you, it, that is out of the blue and strange. You, you go to friends, you go to leadership and you test the word to see that it's from God. That is absolutely correct to do. But sometimes the word from a leader is just, let's pray now. What do we do? Pray. We start praying. We don't think about, oh, I'll, I'll read a little bit extra in my Bible notes. We pray. We move forward together. The army fights together. If you've got David's army going out to battle and David says, march! And one of them says, actually, I'm feeling a little peckish. I'm going to have a cheese sandwich right now. I'll catch you up later, guys. There's going to be a hole in the ranks. People will die because of a cheese sandwich that he would have saved. Watch out for those cheese sandwiches. They're dangerous. So this place becomes known as Baal Perazim. Baal meaning Lord. Lord of the breakout, the word literally means. Or, Lord, or master of the bursting forth. Yeah, that's what it means. There is a breakout. And the breakout is what? It's God. God breaks out and the enemy is defeated. How does God break out? In this passage. Was there a... Huge wind, lightning bolts, firestorm, the army, the army. The army marches out and God works through his people. So if God is breaking out, what do you think might happen in the modern age? It's the same thing, it's his people. So we see the victory established over the enemy through the people of God establishing that victory. You can't sit at home with your cheese sandwich and your glass of wine and expecting God to do everything when he says, it's my army. Now the Lord is going to fight for us. He will, he's, told, he's told us to contend even as he contends. He's down here right now. Jesus is here fighting on our behalf. You might think, well, what is there left for us to do? Well, that's just the way God does it. We're essential. And it requires us to be part of it. However weak we feel. However poorly we feel our prayers might be. However unaccepted perhaps we feel some days. Even though we know we're fully accepted. We're still in the army of God. I know we're a family. But we're also an army. An army in the sense of establishing 
victory. When Alka is leading in worship and she takes us into a song and the words are saying something like, I don't know, I shower, I raise my hands. Let's do that. Let's do that. So God breaks out. This God breaking out is a word over all of Kingdom Faith at the moment. Not, not just Kingdom Faith in Yorkshire, but Taunton and London and Horsham and all the, the other churches in the 25-mile radius and the churches that relate into Kingdom Faith, the covenanting churches. The word for this year is breakout. This is a prophetic word for this year. But it's not going to be just something where God goes bang and everybody lies on the floor. It might include that, but this is about God breaking out in his people to see the enemy unable to raid and steal from the people around them. You see, God's army, David's army, marched out and no longer would the Philistines been able to raid because they've been chased off. And it says they leave behind all their idols. And David's army take, collects them up and burns them. The Philistines abandoned their idols there and David and his men carried them off. What idols do we want left behind because the enemy is defeated? Those idols of sickness, those idols of debt, those idols of divorce. Things that people think, we cannot avoid this now. Oh yes we can, we can see the idols left in the mud and then we'll burn them. We will not accept these things. It's just the way life is, Paul. No, it's not the way life in heaven is, though. And that's what I want to see established on earth. When there's strife in families. No, we're not having that. We will pray until the enemy is removed from that situation. Now, sure, the enemy uses our flesh. He's very good and very skilled at enticing and tempting. That was the beginning of the problem in the garden, after all. And very often the way the enemy works is by making us feel like we don't want to do it or making us feel hungry for forbidden fruit. We have to resist the enemy. It says that when we submit to the Lord and resist the enemy, he will flee from us. That's the New Testament scripture that goes with exactly this story. Submit to God, inquire of God, be before God, know the word of God in your life and say, this is what God's word says, his kingdom shall come in my life, here on the earth, in my life. His rule, his reign, not something else that contradicts that. Therefore, that's what I'm having. So I submit to God, and as I'm submitting to God, that is what is resisting the enemy's attack in your life. You say, I'm not having those things. I'm having peace in my family. Because when Jesus comes into the room, he says, Shalom, peace, well-being, health. He doesn't say anything else. He never walks into your house to judge you. He never walks into your house to pick apart your sin. He walks in with peace. But it's not just our word, peace. It's the Hebrew word, Shalom, which is complete health and wholeness and well-being. So if there's not peace in your house, you say, I'm having peace because that's part of the kingdom. And when does Jesus walk into your house? Every day you go through your front door, Jesus walks in because he's in you. And if you're already indoors, he's already there. Every place you walk, you take authority. You take peace. And everything of the enemy comes against you and says, now that's rubbish. You've got this problem. You've got this issue. You've done this. You shouldn't have done this. And you say... 
It's all dealt with at the cross, devil. I'm moving on. I'm not having that. As for me and my family, says Joshua, we will serve the Lord. Even if most of your family don't know the Lord, you're still speaking that over your family because you're agreeing with this word and this word is living and active and you're expecting it to come into what it says in here. Why, oh why, do we ever accept these other things? We kind of give in. Feel it may be a bit easier. It doesn't get easier. The enemy doesn't think, oh, I've been nasty enough to them for a while. They've given in. He seizes the advantage. So it's time for breakout. Breakout. God breaking out in ways we've never seen, I believe. Sure, we've seen miracles here. We've seen miraculous healing. We've seen metal and pain go from people's bodies. We've seen all kinds of healings and things, but there's so much more to happen. There has to happen. We've got people who are not well. That is not on. Have you ever felt like that when you see your... Your, your brother, your sister in the community sick, do you think, that's not right, I'm not having that. Amen. Not that we get frustrated and cross and stuff like that, except with the enemy. Yes. I'm not having that. We're going to stand in the ranks. You see someone that's ill, you don't necessarily go up to them. Sometimes you get fed up with people praying for you when you're ill, don't you? But, <laughs> but you can pray for them when you're not with them. Exactly. And when I say pray, you're not going to like beg God to heal them. You're going to release healing because you have the authority. Take the footsteps. See, this reminds me of the prophetic picture that you had some, sometime last year in the summer. I think you had it, but you shared it later. Of, of the army of God were moving. And uh, forgive me if it's not quite right. It'll be just about right. And they were, they, were, they, were, they were walking forward, white and totally vulnerable. They were not equipped to fight the monsters that were in the valley. This is right, that's right, wasn't it? But they're marching towards them. And Claire was waiting to see what God would do with the enemy. Because as you looked at the picture, you could see that the, force, the, the, the church, if you like, together, was going to be destroyed. They did not look equipped to fight. But as they, as they came towards the enemy, the enemy vanished. It dissipated because the, the church was light and the enemy was darkness. And light always overcomes darkness. When did ever darkness overcome light? It's impossible. It doesn't matter how dark it is. It can be really, really ultimate mega dark. And a bulb powered by a single AA battery will still light and it will no longer be dark. But you don't have a little light. You have the light of Christ. You are a megawatt light. That darkness is defeated because it dissipates. But if they'd stayed at home, this little white army, and huddled together for warmth, the enemy would have remained in the valley, raping and pillaging and stealing. And the enemy will remain in our town and our nation and even our families and lives unless... We stand together and we let the light of Christ shine out from us and we establish and pull down on that victory from heaven. 
Sometimes we'll feel too tired to do it, but we can still do it. Sometimes we'll feel too bored to do it, but we've got to pummel this body into submission and say, no, this isn't about just being part of a nice church. I don't go to church on Sundays just to meet some nice people and have a nice cup of coffee and a nice bit of fellowship. Let's not be nice. (laughs) There's a word you could take out of context. Get that one in the papers. The church that preaches we shouldn't be nice. But you know what I mean, that niceness. Let's be this army. Not nice, but of love, of joy, of peace, of happiness, of faithfulness, of gentleness, of love one another, of bear with one another, of forgiving one another. Not nice. Nice doesn't bother to forgive. Nice just acts nice. You're really, yes, yes, yes. Inside you're seething because what Claire did to me but I'm just nice. No, let's be real. Let's get it dealt with. You recognise what's going on and you go to God and get it sorted. You submit to God. You resist the devil and he flees from you and all that's left within you is your own unforgiveness so you can get it sorted. Then I can be nice. (laughs) She hasn't done anything, by the way. It's okay. So they carried off the idols. Let's not let the idols of the world and build little shrines to them in our homes. Idols of, I've got to have this. Idols of prosperity in the wrong way. The world's prosperity says, I've got to have that. I need that. I must have this. Let's destroy that. It's not that we can't have some of these things. But sometimes we need to sacrifice those things to give into what God's telling us to give to, rather than having another new thing. It's not that you could never have new things. God wants to bless you. But it's inquire of God. How am I being selfish? Have I got the idol of selfishness in my house that I want this for me? And actually God's not saying this is for me. Well, you know what I mean. Everything. Inquire of God. Inquire of God. Submit to God. Resist the enemy. And he'll flee from you, just like the Philistines did. Leaving behind the idols. But don't pick them up and put them in your own home. Don't think that'll look like a great set of ornaments. I need some greed. Bring it on. No. But it's there. All these things are there in our homes. And it's recognising them and dealing with them. Don't be afraid of the darkness that is within you. Too many Christians are too scared to admit that this dark stuff goes on inside them. And so they try and hide it and squeeze it into rooms, which means it's never dealt with. The true church is honest about their failure. It's honest about their sin, so that there's hope for everybody. Otherwise, the person comes in who knows their life is a mess and sees a whole group of people that say, I'm absolutely perfect now, thank you very much. Never tell a lie. (laughs) Apart from that one. (laughs) I'm always kind. I always think the best of people. No, I don't. But by the grace of God, I am changing to be more and more like Christ. If I'm perfect now, why is he bothering to change me every day from glory to glory? Once more, the Philistines came up and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. This was after they'd been defeated. They regrouped. Sometimes Christians were so naive. We think that because the enemy ran away and we had a breakthrough, that's it. What do you think the enemy's going to do? 
You say, no. He might spread out. He spreads out. I mean, the arrogantness of it all. They come back and they spread out in the valley again, stealing, killing, destroying. And they've already been defeated. They've already had their gods stolen from them. And they come back. There's not as many of them, because some of them died in the first lot. But they spread out, try and look tough. And interestingly, David doesn't say, right, I know what to do. Come on, army. Let's do what we did last time. We know how to deal with these devils. We're going to kill them. We're going to march straight down and God will give us the victory. Just like last time. It says, and David inquired of the Lord. It should have been easier. There was less. Plus, they've got all the fear of being defeated once. And David's army's got all the courage of being in victory once. So David inquired of the Lord about what to do with this problem in the Valley of Giants. You see, the problems are always giant. Well, they're not problems. They always look impossible. If you're going to see God's victory, it's got to look impossible. And God is giving you, personally, impossible things to face so that you will see his victory break out. All right, you are going to have impossible things. We have impossible things to face together. We've told you the finances are impossible. We told you in the natural, looking at the bank balance, that this week it was impossible to pay staff. What happened? A miracle. We paid the staff. The money was there. There were some generous gifts last week and other ways, and God is constantly moving ahead of us. But it was impossible. It's impossible next month. It's impossible to pay insurance. It's, there's so many impossible things at the moment. That's, it's a big valley of giants. And we're saying, no, Amen. that is not God's plan. We will not let the enemy steal from us. Even if he looks like he's spread out in the whole valley, we will go to the word. We will submit to God. We will resist the enemy and he will flee. If there's something I hate, it's standing before a group of people and saying, we don't have money enough. I hate it, hate it, hate it. And I'm not accepting it. We will stand here and say, we are blessed. Our socks are so blessed. We are going to give money away because we've got too much. We need to give some money to Ebenezer. We need to give some money to New Trinity. New Trinity needs some help renting premises. Let's help them. We've got the resources. That's what we need to be. A generous church. And not just giving to churches either. You know how we should personally... Not by legal things tithe our 10%, but I want to be a church that's tithing 20%. You know, 20% at least of what's coming in, we just give straight out. And I don't mean just to the congregation, that's cheating. I mean, giving in to where God is at work. And that's not always church. You're with me in this. Amen. It's the army are gathering. Yeah? So David inquired of the Lord. He submitted to God. And he answered, that's the Lord, do not go straight up, which is exactly what they did last time. This is why you have to inquire of the Lord. It's not always the same. Everything you do must always 
come back to God. Even like having a Sunday morning. You never assume. I never assume that we will always have a Sunday morning service. Even though churches have done it for 2,000 years. You're inquiring of God. Is this still right for us? Sometimes you try something out. And you realise that God said, don't change it. When we came here on th- for Thursday nights, we decided, right, well, we know some people have uh, trouble meet, uh, getting on a Sunday morning because of work and also that, that, all that thing. So let's, let's have Thursday nights become more like Sunday mornings, more with a talk and, uh, and things like that. And we did that for a while and it seemed right to us. But over time... We realised God never really said walk away from what we called at Lamplu God encounter. And we've gone back to going, calling it God encounter because that's what the Lord has said. It's not wrong to try some things and test and think, is this of God? You can do that as long as you're open to hearing from God to say, change. At the moment, he's got us grouped all around together. The chairs are set out differently to bring us together. Why do we do that? Why have I pushed us all together? Because God said to. I prefer more space, personally. But I feel like doing this. Well, good for you. You are blessed. But let's do what God said, shall we? So always, you're trying to hear from God, even in the normal things. If God says this weekend, close down the hub, don't have a coffee shop anymore, I'm doing something different, I'll have to go and apologise to the guys that are running it, but say, but this is what God said. I think a decision like that, we would take a little bit longer testing it and hearing that that's definitely God. It wouldn't just be a, we're going to do this, bang. But we would do it. If God said, your time at the summit has come to an end, I need you to go back to the theatre or to another place. We would very reluctantly, initially, but then we would realise, well, if that's what God said, that's what we're going to be blessed in. Why hold on to the old when God has something new? Often the new doesn't look that great. When we moved from the theatre to here, we thought we first we would grow. Initially, we shrunk because we changed and people didn't like it. But we'd heard God. You are to have a building in the town centre. So we did it. It was impossible for us to start a building, to decorate a building, to put all this equipment in. It was impossible. Well, it doesn't seem very impossible now because you're all sitting in it. But it was. There will always be impossible things to face. That's why we walk by faith, not by sight. That's why it's not by our power and our might, but by the Spirit of the Lord that things are achieved. If God says start a business, start a business and expect Him to prosper you and, 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 and use that business for glory. Amen. Don't just think, oh, it's a business thought. I need to go away and plan that. You know, that's business. God's not interested in that. God is interested in that business. If it's his plan for your life, everything we should do. If it's giving something up, is this what God wants me to give up? Is this God's plan? And I'm not just, I want to give it up because I'm fed up doing that now. It's easy to get fed up with something, but is that... Fed upness just because you've lost the passion and the vision and the heart of God. 
in what he's given you. So David inquired of the Lord and he answered, don't go straight up, but circle around behind them and attack them in front of the balsam trees. Now, the Bible's frustrating at times because it doesn't really tell us why or, you know, presumably it obviously made a huge difference to what was going to happen, but they did it. And the Lord says to David, as soon as you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the balsam trees, move quickly. What was that? Was it a miraculous marching noise in the top of the crunching of sandals in the, in the top of the balsam trees? Was it just the way that the wind blew through those? Was it God sent an ordained wind at exactly the right... We don't know. But they did what they were told. And the thing is, we don't often know why. Frustratingly to 21st century minds, God is mystery. We want all the answers. We want to rationalise it out. We have a whole area of study called theodicy. Theodicy is the question of why is there evil in the world? Do you know it's a modern invention? If you went to the medieval church and said, why is there evil in the world? They'd look at you, what? They didn't even consider it. Can you imagine a world where that's not even considered? You just accept that's what it is because that's how God's ordained it. So you didn't even have to question it. But we believe we've got, we need answers to everything. And there are some answers you could give to those questions, but we'll never fully understand it. It's a mystery. It's part of God. God has not revealed everything to humanity because we're humanity and he's divine we cannot understand everything of God because his mind is divine there will always be mysteries we don't have a human given right to understand everything we want it why did that happen why did that happen to me why is that going on and you get this big loud silence from heaven and he's like it's my right to know I should know And God says, no you shouldn't and I'm not going to tell you. (coughs) You're going to have to trust that I am superior to you. We don't like to trust God and think he's superior to us. We don't mind kind of serving him and calling him Lord and King. But any moment he says, you don't need to know, it's like, I do. (laughs) I do need to know. I'm important, I am. Come on. We might not actually say that out loud because we know that would be a bit obvious then. But that's what's going on in our heads. I should know about this. This is important to me. I need to know why I got sick. Come on, God. It must have been a really good reason. And we can get tied up in inventing pious reasons for why I got sick. And the true answer is, you don't know and God's not going to tell you, so stop it. It'll just make you ill again. Trust God. Admit that he is superior. 21st century people don't like admitting that something else is superior. You can, you can have it all. You can, you can go for anything you want because you are a super being. No. Actually, biblically, you are a worm. <laughs> you have no rights whatsoever. You deserve eternity apart from God. That's your right. So don't claim you want your rights because that's where you'll be. The only purpose of rights is they're good for considering how to love others and how to sort things for other people. 
So in that sense, we will benefit. But we, don't, we shouldn't have a, I need my rights mentality. We should have a, I am thankful to God mentality. And I want to see this blessing established in the lives of others. I'm not against human rights. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm against us demanding our rights, thinking we're entitled to something. We're entitled to nothing. I'm grateful for all. Doesn't mean you shouldn't fight for that benefit that the government says you should have. Of course you can do that. But it's not actually your right before God to have it. Forget that mentality. That is a worldly mentality. You deserve nothing. Be grateful for everything. But sometimes you fight for the everything because you have to submit to God, resist the enemy, and he flees from you. But we don't have to get angry with local governments because they're not giving me what I'm entitled to. Because you're not entitled to it. It's that entitlement mentality destroys mercy and grace. It's not a very popular thing to say, but it is God's word. Of course, in Christ, we are precious and honoured. God's masterpiece. The worm has turned. But apart from God, we are nothing. They're all just destroyed. But that spark of God is in every single human being. So it's not for us to look at another human being and say, you're a worm. When we look at another human being, whoever they are, whatever beliefs they have, we know that God's plan for them is good and they are precious and they are honoured. We know that Jesus Christ died for them. You don't get more valuable than that. And that is why one of the great things that Christianity has brought into the world is a value for every human life. That was not there before. Your value was based on your output. And if you cost the society too much, your, va- your life had no value anymore. If you were a small child who was unwanted and unburdened, you'd go and leave them somewhere. Because their life had no innate value. Only what it could contribute. Old people were routinely... These are ringing some bells, I hope. Old people were routinely left to die because they no longer had any value. They were no longer productive. They were no longer economic to the tribe. Christianity is what changed that. It's not that there weren't elements of that in society, but Christianity changed it and said, you are valuable, full stop. It's another one of those beautiful contradictions. You are a worm and you are without value because you are infinite value. Right. So they do that. Because that will mean the Lord has gone out in front of you. This is hearing the noise in the trees. Strike the Philistine army. So David did as the Lord commanded him. And he struck the Philistines all the way from Gibeon to Giza. He routed them. He chased them off completely. So if the enemy is gathered in the valley of giants, and even if it isn't again, we inquire of the Lord, we submit to God, we resist the enemy, and he will flee. And this is our Baal Perazim. 
Baal just means Lord. If you're thinking, what about, isn't the Philistines gods called Baal and stuff like that? Yes, it means Lord. Baal Perizim, the Lord breaks out. This is a time of breakout because of a people who submit to God. Resist the enemy and he flees. And the reason he flees is because it's that army of light walking into the army of darkness, looking completely vulnerable. Put a demon next to Joanne and she's going to look very vulnerable. You know, imagine that Balrog from Lord of the Rings sit, standing next to Joanne, sitting as she is. You know, she's got a pen here. She can fight it off with the pen. No, it won't look like that at all. It looks like this is her time. It's up. He's big, he's fiery, he's got a whip. And if she backs away from it, the Balrog will continue to intimidate. I'm being a Balrog now. Uh, (laughs) Will continue to intimidate. But if she suddenly stands up and walks towards this Balrog, he'll flee or he'll be dissipated because he's just darkness and she is the light of the world. No need to be caught by a whip, dragged down. We have the victory. That was a reference to the film, if you're wondering what I'm talking about. Right. So we're ready. I was going to ask, are you? And I realised there's no need to ask. We are. We will need to encourage one another. We will need to cheer one another on. And there will be days when some of us do just want to stay in bed. But we need to be there for one another in this. We will do it together. That's why God has brought this community together. That's why you, most of you probably feel closer to some of the friends that you have now in this church than you've ever felt in your life. And that is right and that is of God. You see, that's why we have to be honest and admit faults because it's the deviousness of the enemy that tries to get a church to look porcelain perfect, without crack, without spirit, without, without blemish, because then nobody feels that they're good enough for that church. But nobody admits it because that would be to admitting a vulnerability. It's not about glorying in our vulnerabilities. It's not about glorying in our sin. It's not about saying, oh, this sinful behaviour is acceptable and it's okay. No, it's not okay. But it's being honest enough and vulnerable enough to, to say, I've had this issue. I've had this problem. And that will start with your friends. And then you'll be real friends because you'll understand one another rather than feeling like if they find out I did that, they, they, they won't be my friends anymore. You know they're your friends. They already know the worst about you. We're honest when we don't have the faith. We're honest when we're not trusting God. It's not that we're saying it's okay not to. It's just saying, I just I haven't got it at the moment. Help me. Not try and pretend so that everybody thinks we've got it all sussed and got out, you know. We're kingdom faith. We're a faith church. Yes, we are. But sometimes we just don't flipping feel like it. And that's okay to admit. Because that's the way to overcome it. Not to hide it away. Not trying to pretend we're perfect. Not keeping the front door shut because if somebody come in they might realise that occasionally I scream at my children. 
or I lose it a bit. But at the same time, I'm not thinking it's acceptable to carry on like that. Because that's the other side of the road. One side is we have to pretend to be perfect. The other side is it's okay not to be. We're just slobs. We just slob around. We're the slobs of Christianity. We are wonderful. Do what we like, when we like. I smoke to excess. I drink to excess. I eat as much food as I want. The old curse. Your, you know, really bad four-letter word. It's just normal. It's okay. No, it's not okay. But neither is it okay to pretend it's never happened. That's worse. Now you've added to the sin, lying and deception. (coughs) See, you're not better for hiding it. You're worse. (laughs) Now, I'm not saying we share everything with every person. That would be ridiculous. The reason John Wesley movement that grew into Methodism took off and and, and changed nations was one of the key things that they did was he got people into groups like our house groups and they were honest with one another. They made it very formal. They had a method. That's why they're called Methodists. But uh, part of that method was that they would confess what had gone wrong that week. This is a movement that changes, that, 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 that is a holiness movement. This is a movement of people that are trying to live the most pure lives possible and they're telling one another their sins. They had a rule that they wouldn't talk about their sexual sins because they felt that that would have knock-on effects to each other. So they didn't do that. They just did that uh, in a accountability with you know, another person or something like that. But within that group, and they would say, this is what I did wrong. Now, I'm not saying we adopt that method, but wow, it was that honesty that brought a revival. Why? Because people trusted one another again. And they knew that even though they were part of a holiness movement, it wasn't a hidden holiness or a a hidden sin so that we look holy movement. It was a genuine, let's try and live how Christ has called us to live. Amazing, isn't it? I wonder if we could be those people. When you go to your house church group, have you yet... And you can't demand this. You can't demand this. People have to grow into it. But in your house church group, can you be honest with one another? Or are you all still pretending to be church? I don't know. I'm not in all of them. Are we all still pretending to be people of faith when inwardly we're screaming and not believing anymore? Most of the time when you believe, you're doubting. Because faith overcomes doubt. Like bravery overcomes fear. Like courage overcomes anxiety. It's what you do. Do you follow the doubt or the fear? Do you walk by faith or by sight? But it's okay to say, yeah, I walk by sight. I saw this, I got afraid, and I did this. Rather than try and hide it in case someone finds out that I'm not so holy as I wanted to be, look, let's be genuinely holy. The most holy person that's ever lived on this planet, Jesus Christ, and yet he was, one of the mo- he was the most attractive person there has ever been. True holiness is attractive because it's not dishonest. It's not an act. 
Anyway. Now, where's Ron? Come up, Ron. Taylor, you might as well come up as well at the same time, although the two things are completely disconnected. Both these people are doing something that they believe God has told them to do. So as they step out, they step out with faith, and God takes the little offering, not so little in your case really, not so little in your case either, but he takes the little compared to him, and the boys' picnic feeds 5,000. When we send you out with an apostolic anointing, it's not to just keep him safe. And we do pray that as well. It's to see that miraculous multiplication in all the people that he meets. You better just quickly explain right, what you're doing. I'm up, tomorrow I'm flying to India. I'm off to Malapur. Uh, I'm going to stay in a, an orphanage. That, but we're going to go out to the villages around about and preaching in the villages. Okay, and that's with um, Way of the Spirit? Right. So... Well, you can join me. You're here. Let's pray for Ron. <laughs> and then you can pray for Tina. <laughs> it's cool. Let's stand, shall we? And let's release that multiplication into everything that, uh, that Ron's doing as he's on this uh, ministry trip in India. Okay? So, Father, as the family of God standing together, we have resisted the enemy. We have submitted to God so that the enemy will flee from everything that will prevent multiplication in this time of ministry that Ron is walking into. And Father, right now we pray, come Holy Spirit and send him into this new thing with a freshness and a hope to see the miraculous and to see salvation and to see a great release of authoritative teaching. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And we thank, we thank Brian and Charlotte for looking after your sheep while you're gone. Because that, that's what they're doing. I've never imagined Brian looking after sheep. It still boggles my mind. Sometimes to do something, someone else has to say, I can do this for you. Okay. Uh, right, we're going to pay for Tina now. Step into the light. <laughs> you better explain what you're going to do first. I wasn't expecting prayer, but it's always a bonus, isn't it? Um, so... God's really been speaking to me and Richard about compassion and just stepping out above and beyond what, what we'd normally do. Um, so in February on 28th, I am chopping all my hair off and donating it to the Little Princess Trust. And um, for those of you who don't know, the Little Princess Trust is an organisation that creates wigs from real hair and then gives them to children who have lost all their hair due to an illness or a treatment of an illness, such as cancer and um, chemotherapy, radiotherapy and all that stuff. Um, they rely solely on donations from people, so all the hair is donated, um, funds is donated. It takes around um, 300 to 500 pounds to make a wig. Um, so what I'm hoping to do is, is one, donate my hair so they can make a wig from it, um, but also raise all the funds to go alongside that so they can actually use what I'm, what I'm donating. Um, so yeah, um, so if anybody would like to sponsor me or give to me, um, it's all going to a great place. Um, it all goes straight to them. Um, I've got a Just Giving page, um, which is Tila Stamper. If you look on, on the page, it, mine comes up. Um, but if anybody would like to help or share it with other people, that would be great. Because um, we're just going to give as much as possible um, so they can carry on their good works. Brilliant, isn't it? So, if you let, 
if you let me have the details as well, I'll make sure they're on the Kingdom Faith Yorkshire Facebook page, so that you can get to the links and things easy then. Um, remember, a lot of stuff goes on that Facebook page, the Kingdom Faith Yorkshire one. You might not personally be on Facebook, but make sure you book that page because bookmark that page because all these kind of things that's where we can share it and that's where we can connect as community okay you might not personally be have a facebook account but you can still look at the page and you can still see the other things that are happening okay so we need to pray and we need to pray um that also that uh, that tila is prospered in this yeah. right and, and that we're prospered in being generous yeah. in, in in this sponsorship are we up for that yeah. okay ron let's pray for tila <laughs> Father, we thank you for this offering of love and compassion that Tila's stepping into. Uh, Father, what uh, an incredibly brave thing to do, to, to take off all your hair, uh, to give away something that you wouldn't normally have to give away. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you for the child, or the, even the children that get blessed by this offering. And, Father, we thank you that you will bless Tila in doing it. And, Father, we pray for her, that she would greatly be prospered in, in, in the raising of funds to go towards this, that there would be no costs having to be met to make these, this wig, but actually, Lord, there would be a, an abundance that would go into the making of others as well. Father, we just pray that you anoint Tila afresh for this stepping out in compassion. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. Praise God. Okay, take a seat for a minute. Have the regular bits. You can see now why I didn't pray for them earlier. We'd have just prayed. Now we know we're seeing victory in these things that we do of God. So, go with that new determination. Resist? Well, it starts with submission. It's got to start with submission. It's got to start with inquiring of the Lord. Don't do anything automatically. Inquire of God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Have a great cup of coffee, cup of tea, whatever you're doing now. Be blessed. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources by Kingdom Faith and for our other audio and video podcasts, please visit kingdomfaith.com forward slash Yorkshire.